Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. I'm tired. I'm just going to be honest with you. It is Monday, December 11th. It is National Workplace Day of Remembrance. Did you know that? I know this because I am looking at my 13-month Grief Hab 2024 awareness calendar, putting unknown awareness days on calendars. I have so much that has happened in, it hasn't even been 48 hours since the event ended, maybe 48 hours, a little bit more when this airs. I record a few hours before this airs. I am honestly too tired to do it live. I thought about it. I was going to. Takes a lot out of you doing something like that. And that does not matter. So much has happened in the little bit of time since the event has ended. And there are always people watching, right? Good and bad, no matter what, whatever you do, whatever world you're in, you can relate. There are always people um, cheering you on. And there are always people finding the flaws. Um, and that in both cases can motivate me. Um, and is also, as I've been working with my clients, because this is happening in their world also, just a reflection of them, not us. This is what's happening in my world. National Grief Awareness Week might be over, um, but I have a client who, in addition to just living her life and what she sees me for and her own grief, uh, in her world where she works, a nine-year-old lost her father and had to be notified. Um, these are the things that we see. Do we see it all the time before we go through trauma? I always did. From the time I was a little, my dad and I talk about it still. Like I would notice, I would pay attention. I could see pain. I could notice people who were hurting when it was something I was a part of, when someone in my world was hurting and we were at a funeral, at a family event where someone was hurting, I could still notice the transition from whatever it was, funeral to back to reality. And it disturbed me. I would talk about it as a little kid. Thankfully, I was able to express it in some way. And I had an environment where I could. Those are two important pieces that came up a lot, you know, talking about things and having a place where you can. And if that isn't at home, where do you find that? however old you are and how do we teach this? And so that's just one example, but that's what goes on in my world. It's not just 
when it's National Grief Awareness Week. It's what people live with, see, deal with. It happens all the time. For some people, Angela Germano talked about this during her talk. For some people, it might be the holiday season where your company does a food drive or some sort of, you know, campaign donation thing because it's what people do. It's more talked about. It's more, it's more necessary at this time of year. It's more discussed at this time of year, except that it's not only more necessary at this time of year. And she talked about things that her students do and, and all of the things that you can do even without a calendar, but how an awareness calendar can help bring dates and ways that you can use education as a tool and a calendar as education, as a tool to bring volunteering, bring community together, use Things like fundraising, things that we should all be doing all the time, not just when it's the holidays, when, of course, it's nice and it's necessary, but people are struggling all the time, every day, and many, many silently. And many of the speakers talked about that, how during Healing Together Through the Holidays, many of the speakers talked about how even they didn't process or deal with their grief. Some, even when they thought they had, others consciously avoiding it. You know, it's a difficult thing. So are many things. Life is about practicing, becoming more skilled, right? We go to school. We we work in things that we have skills at that we have become better versed in. And why can't we do that with things we need to be better versed in all of the time? And so I am going to continue talking about the calendar. It's the holidays. It's the perfect gift. You can get it for any and everyone. But if you have an opportunity as an employer you know, again, the people who work in schools, the teachers, people talked about, it should be in every single school. It should be in every classroom. There's an opportunity. We have an opportunity as people, as humans. But certainly if you're in certain fields, if you want to make a difference, I was just having a conversation again with someone having a struggle, talking about how they want to take their pain, find a way to work through it. We were talking about doing that through writing um, and then help others find a way to use that pain, use that lesson, use that situation and um, find a way to help others um, not learn the hard way, not have as many bumps because there are things we learn during our ups and downs in life. And when you go through it, there are things that every single person says, had I known this then, or 
you know, if I would have done this. And so if we're taught things earlier, if we have as much support as possible, if we do as much as possible, right? If we make people as aware as possible with things like the awareness dates, the awareness weeks, the calendars, whatever it takes to take days that can be difficult and make them less difficult. It doesn't change the reality of anybody's situation, but it can give them more support. It can give them more places to turn. I can't tell you how many people, I think every speaker must have talked about community and so, so many of them have communities that you can find. I, my friends and family are amazing. I needed more. Sometimes people need more and finding the right more. And even let's say I have five different buckets to choose from when I'm having a difficult moment in, in my day. Um, I have more I have, it's less likely that I'm going to get as down as I did in the beginning. I've added to the people I can turn to, the the things I can turn to. And it's doesn't make it less painful, but it makes me have more ways to get through it, right? I've learned I have more ways to get through it, more people to get through it, all of those types, excuse me, all of those types of things. And we live in this world that makes it seem like there's one certain way and there's just not. One certain way doesn't even work for me all of the time. I need a lot of different ways. One way works one moment and my mood could be different the next moment. So something else is necessary. And we need to teach about that. We need to teach about so many different things. And we need to remind the world and each other that it's okay to need to constantly learn, that emotions can rock everything. And our health, think about when you are completely on top of the world and you get sick and it knocks you down. And think about when you are sick, that that can kind of make you feel bummed out. Everyone else is out there living life. You might be missing something you had planned on attending. You get a little bummed. You can't breathe. Your nose is all stuffed out. You know, it affects your mood. They go together, physical and emotional. The same is true if you are running around on top of the world and something takes an attack on your emotions and you are emotionally sick, it can equally affect your health. It can impact you in both ways. They go together. Let's say you are on top of the world and for whatever reason, all of a sudden, your sleep gets knocked off. That can affect your mood and your health. Either one. One can affect the other. How do you know which? All you know is that it started with sleep. 
And then suddenly you can be irritable and moody and or sick, which comes first. We have to see that they all go together and acknowledging one is no more or less important or weak. Why is it more acceptable to have a cast on your arm? I said so much over the last week, eight days of the event. I said so many things like an emotional stomach ache and emo emotional crutches, things along those lines. It is acceptable to have crutches. If you have crutches, you cannot use your arms. If you have a cast, you cannot use your arm, right? So it is acceptable to let somebody open the door for you. If you are struggling emotionally, it is acceptable to accept support. It is no different, but the world or your brain or something says it is. We need to be having these conversations with the right people to tell you and remind you that whatever voices, whether it's the noise in the world, the movies you've watched, the people in your world who don't understand the pain until they've lived it, uh, that, that you need to get with different people who understand the pain to let you know that it's real and that you are allowed to let someone open the emotional or physical door. I cannot, you know, and we're also allowed to toot our own horns, emotional or physical, right? Why is that sometimes considered arrogant? Other people do it for us. Someone else is allowed to point something out. I have been getting a ton is happening. It's not end of day here in Colorado. And a lot has happened the event ended Saturday, end of day. That's, that's, this is the first business day, business hours and stuff is happening. While there's people over there, naysayers judging what they think they saw. The number of people they think they saw. How many people they think they saw watching or attending. They don't know what they didn't see happening in the library at midnight, who watched a replay and sent me an email, email about the impact it's made on their life. They don't know. And it doesn't matter. I don't care. This is about that person who chose to watch at midnight because they are afraid of losing it in a room full of people who might judge. I've lost it in rooms full of people. Maybe some did judge. I promise you this group of people won't. There are people who might, but you can find ones who won't and you can also learn that um, the world has it backwards. The ones who are judging have it backwards. They have an issue with their own fear of breaking down in that room. 
because if you would, we would be here to embrace you and let you know that there's nothing wrong with it. That's how you get through it. It's okay to do it at home. But this world does not understand grief. And let me remind you what it is. It is the end of something, anything, whatever it is that you are living through. Your pain is your pain. Your loss is your loss. That is the end of loving something. Maybe that was a job where you lived, a relationship, someone's life, the future you imagined, someone's health. I'm not here to compare it. Please don't. This world may. They have it backwards. Um, other people's pin opinions are none of our business. We don't care if someone says your hair is purple when our hair is not purple because we factually know that that's not true. But we care when they say our grief should look a certain way, when they have no clue and no one has a clue, it can look exactly what it looks like to you. That's exactly how it should look. Should isn't a word that belongs in the world, but certainly not in grief's world. You get through it exactly how you do. I did it the only way I knew how. I stumbled. I fell. I messed up. I'm here. That's how I got here. You're here. Your job is to survive and heal your way at your pace, not the way they think you should. The way the world wanted me to was to get back to work because I'm an expert trained in loss and grief and trauma. And I was supposed to know what to do. And I was supposed to be able to just put my feelings on a shelf and tell everybody else how to do the same. And I could not and would not do that. I was not okay. And I was not going to pretend that I was okay for them or anyone else. And I needed to figure it out. And my way of figuring it out looked bizarre to me. Not bizarre. It was different. It was new. It was unfamiliar territory. It wasn't the way I had lived life up until that point. So people who knew and loved me had to come along for the ride. I had to ask them to stand by me and support me along the way because I didn't understand it either. And that was new. I was the girl who lived life according to my planner. I could tell you what was happening, when, why, and how. And here I was saying I didn't know what, when, or how. Please stand by. I will figure it out. Now I live life that way. I see the beauty in living life that way. But then I was doing it not knowing that. Then I was doing it because uh, I was just figuring it out. And I needed people who loved me to still be there and those who do are still here. They didn't understand it. They laughed. That's okay. You know, we laughed together, uh, but some didn't stick around. 
And that happens. And those are secondary losses. And it's not fun. We've been through enough. I talked to Jim about it. You know, I did an entire episode called Shame on Them. They're grieving too. They're doing it their way. They don't understand what we're going through. They don't understand what it looks like. Some of them wanted Fun Sam back by this day at a certain time, and it was not happening. Fun Sam took longer. She's just getting she's just getting it back, just figuring it out. And she's still, you know, doing it a new way. So letting new people in who cheer that and encourage that is is huge. There is um there is pain in letting go. We've lost enough. It hurts, shame on them, but in letting go, we also make space for something new to come in. And I didn't know that then, right? But the the, the new that comes in is beautiful, right? I would not trade what I have either. So it makes space for some people to show up who want to be there, who want to accept you where you are, how you are, um, however that is, and you need that. And that is what healing is, doing it your way. I want to briefly talk again about faces of mental faces of mental illness. That's what already exists. That is my current project that is in the world. Faces of grief is new. Faces of grief is about this. Faces of grief is your story. If you would like to be a part of it in any way, shape or form, you can um, share a chapter. I am looking for authors. You can also be a sponsor. Uh, what does that look like? What does that mean? Being a sponsor is, um, so why is there a cost to be an author and why am I looking for sponsors? Um, sponsors can have their name on the book in and, and have a section in the back and have sponsored by or in partnership with Grief Hab. Um, there's only five spots available and that is to um, help make it bigger, help market, advertise, promote, get ads, do more. Uh, okay, why is there a cost for the authors? So that we can pay the publisher. There is professional publishing, editing, designing, things that go into making a book. Um, so there is a small cost, much smaller than I've heard um, when I tell authors who have been in other books and I know from what I've paid to be in other books. Um, so there's a small cost. There are two calls a month. The first is December 19th. They are Tuesday evenings. And you will have my support every step of the way. You don't have to know what you're doing. All you have to know is that you want to share your story. Help others know that um, you, you can get through grief somehow, some way. And you don't even know what that, you don't even have to know what that way is yet. You just might have to know that you want to do it through writing, through being a part of writing with other authors. Even if you want to write your own book, 
um, doing that with other authors is a beautiful experience. So Faces of Grief, reach out. Um, the links are in the show notes. It is going to be so I just can't explain it. The idea came up at the retreat, Ruthless in the Rockies. Most of the women who were there are a part of it. And um, hopefully, no, when we talk more about this and it becomes bigger, there will be a face of grief, an athlete, someone bigger who wants to be a larger part of this and take this somewhere to let the world know again um, that it is okay to share, to feel, to heal your own way and the world has it backwards. So join us, be a part of this book, first book. It is uh, like the... Uh, faces of mental illness and like the chicken soup for the soul books, uh, collaborative projects. So there will be more. Um, and it will officially be out next year during healing together through the holidays, the second annual during national grief awareness week. So it will launch next year, 2024 during the first week of December. I don't have an actual date, um, but we will have calls twice a month all year leading up until that point on Tuesday evenings. So reach out if you would like to be a part of that. If you're struggling, please don't do it alone. Reach out to me, to any of the speakers who are still available. You can register and still uh, hear all of their talks. Get your calendar, get your ticket. The ticket's free, but please consider supporting the calendar and all of the children who turned their grief into art. Um, join Team Ruthless. We meet every Wednesday, Saturday, and holiday. Um, join Grief Hab. Join something. It's a difficult time of year. People are just struggling more, and I'm proud of my clients who are reaching out to each other, to me, um, and just not struggling alone. That's a big burden. And uh, you do not have to do that. It becomes harder. It lasts longer. The other things we deal with, whether that's anxiety or depression or even just you know, self-esteem issues, whatever our other stuff is, that gets bigger too because we're keeping something in and um, not letting others get through it with us. So everything else gets bigger. Uh, so please reach out to me, to 988, to any of the speakers, to a friend, to a family member, to a favorite teacher, um, to anyone. Just do not suffer silently. Faces of grief, I would love to have you involved. There are probably maybe 17 spots left. I could be, there could be 15. I'm not certain. Um, but if you'd like to be involved, reach out. I'd love to have you um, be a sponsor, be an author. If you'd like to be involved in any of the things I'm mentioning, um, retreats, grief hab, you name it, just don't struggle alone anytime, but certainly through the holidays if you're listening to a replay. Um, if you are looking for someone else, if you'd rather look with a look with work with a male. Um, I will help you find that person as well. Don't think that you can only reach out if you want to work with me. Thank you for being a part of my community and my world. Until next time, 
always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week. Thank you.